Hey everybody, welcome in to the I Want to Know podcast. I am your host, Greg Jones, and I'll be leading you on this inquisitive departure into audio wisdom. Today I'll be talking with Felice Cohen. She is an author and professional organizer who has over 10 million views on a YouTube video she made a few years ago about her Manhattan 90 square foot micro studio that she turned into her new book, 90 Lessons for Living Large in 90 Square Feet or More. But first, before I get into that, I want to thank you guys for all your recent feedback and all your questions. I got a, a good amount of questions from listeners for Felice today. Apparently, a lot of people are interested in living in small places. Also, like I've said in the past, I challenge you to find a podcast app that I want to know is not on. So if you do, please let me know. Maybe I should turn this into a competition, get out some swag or something. Anyways, enough about that. Let's get on to the goods. We've been joined by Felice Cohen on Skype right now, the author of 90 Lessons for Living Large in 90 Square Feet, which, if you're listening to this early in March, you can pre-order on Amazon, and then later than that, then you should go buy it immediately. Felice, thank you for joining. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks, Greg. Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you for, for being on the show. Um, you know, I watched your, your world-famous YouTube video. By the way, 10 million views. That's, uh, that's Justin Bieber status. <laughs> nice. And, yeah. <laughs> you're, like, you're like the Bieber of small living. Um, <laughs> and it was really interesting because, you know, I live out here in L.A. We do not uh, build up like you do in New York. Uh, we're very much out in, in big spaces for the most part. Uh, it just, I got a little claustrophobic watching your video. How, how do you not, uh, kind of freak out in small spaces like that? Well, I was there for almost five years. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't know how I did it. I, I loved the space. You know, initially I was a little cramped that first night. Um, and I talk about it in the video. I was a little freaked out by that small space, but then, you know, I really organized the space so that it didn't feel cluttered. It didn't feel claustrophobic. And, you know, for the most part, if I was at home, I was working or I was getting dressed or I was getting ready, um, hanging out a little, but I would just go outside and there was New York city anywhere I wanted to go. You can't beat that. I mean, can't beat the view in the city. And I guess it's a good way to, to get you to work out and be active and be outdoors. Absolutely. I mean, I was a block from Central Park. Um, and you know, I love riding my bike. I, I ride up the Hudson river. I go up to Westchester, um, upstate New York and just ride. Um, so it's good to get out too. Yeah. You know, one of the things, and if you guys want to see the video, I'll have the link up at I want to know show.com. Um, one of the things you, you say you credit, you know, your ability to live small and, and, you know, get everything organized to the fact that you are a professional organizer. What is a professional organizer? What do you do? Um, I go into your home and whether whatever you want done, you want your closets reorganized, you want your kitchen, you want your garage, storage space. Um, I, I help people do their moves. I go in and we go through everything and we see what you really want to take, what you want to donate. I oversee the movers and then I unpack your home. Um, but when I go in, um, I call myself an organizational therapist sometimes because I help people <laughs> not just, you know, fold your sweaters nicely, but we really go through the stuff almost piece by piece. And we help you, I help you get rid of what you really don't need and maybe don't want, but just are kind of tied to for some reason. And people are just so happy when it's done because you feel kind of controlled by your stuff. Yeah. And, and overwhelmed at times. I, I know, yes. uh, I don't want to name any names cause I'll get in trouble. But uh, I know certain people who have a really hard time getting rid of clothes that they may not have worn for years and years and years. And it's to me, it's easy. It's like, oh, I haven't worn that shirt in six months. You're gone. That's that's no problem. But 
Um, some people have, have trouble. Like, do you have any advice to people that have trouble cutting down on things like clothes that they have weird attachments to? Sure. Um, so when you're going through, you know, I always say break down everything. So even within your clothes, start with your socks. You know, okay. get rid of anything that doesn't have a pair. You'd be surprised how many people save or has a hole in the toe. I mean, start easy <laughs> and then work your way up like underwear. Come on. Um, and, you know, but when you go through like jeans or, or shirts or dresses or pants, some people say, well, I want to hold on to that in case I lose weight. And I had a client who had just full wardrobes from size six to size 14 because she had lost all this weight. And it, I, I asked her, when was the last time you were a size 14? She said, well, seven years ago. And I said, <laughs> you know, if the stuff eventually, if, you know, you get big again or whatever, and it does fit, it's going to be out of style. Right. And she realized, oh, my God. And I said, plus, you're kind of keeping it there. And, it, you know, you're maybe you're allowing yourself to get that big. Get rid of it. Um, and same with, you know, you have your skinny jeans. A lot of women hold on to those jeans. You hope they one day fit. <laughs> and, you know, if you want to hold on to one and just get back into those college jeans, that's fine. But, you know, again, they might be out of style. But if it's just for a goal, then keep one pair. You don't need a whole bunch. Yeah, and I would think something like keeping that large pair of jeans you had when you were 100 pounds heavier is a is a mental block and, and is a step in the sure. wrong direction. Absolutely. And, um, you know, when I, when I, one of the lessons I talk about in my book is when you're going through these clothes, you know, we always say, well, what should I get rid of? Instead, say, you know, what do I really love? And because if you don't love something and chances are there's a lot of things in your closet you maybe don't wear because you don't like how you look in them or how you feel, then get rid of it. And, and you think of all the people who could really benefit that yeah. you're helping by donating the clothes. Do you ever find that people, you know, you go in, you, you help them organize, you get rid of those size 14s now that they're a size six. Do you find that you come back in a year or they call you back in a year and, and they're back to their, their old ways? No, it hasn't happened. Um, maybe not with clothes, but somebody will um, call me or, you know, usually after they're just so happy, but someone will say, where, where, where was this? You know, what did we do with, I have a one client, uh, she's actually a comedian and she said, I can't find the savings bonds for my father. Jeez. <laughs> oh, um, I said, well, you know, we helped her find them, but you know, those we're just all, you know, you're going through and trying to really just get rid of what you can. Yeah. I like that. I, I like the clutter free life. Uh, I need to practice it a little bit harder. Um, you mentioned, uh, c cutting the clutter. Um, what about, and this is in relation to living in 90 square feet. Uh, mm -hmm. once again, the book, 90 lessons for living large in 90 square feet. Um, you're living in a small apartment, which sounds insane to me. And you mentioned cutting the clutter. What about wanting to keep things like family heirlooms and, you know, things that have meaning to them, but you still want to keep your stuff too. Like, how can you balance that? How do you juggle that? Well, I think you have to really see what those heirlooms are, um, you know, and can you find other reasons, purposes for them, you know, instead of just sticking it on a shelf, you know, we all have these delicate things and nobody uses them. You know what, if you really have your, you love your grandmother's bowl, then use it, make it part of <laughs> your daily living so that you don't, and then get rid of your Ikea bowl, um, right, you know, please. or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we have, you know, you see, there's been articles about this. Nobody wants, um, you know, the parents move downsize and no, their kids don't want their furniture. So it depends on what the heirlooms are. Um, in some cases, a lot of younger people might not appreciate certain things, maybe save a couple of them. Sure. Um, you know, and maybe somebody else in the family might appreciate it. You know, if you really want it, you'll make the room for it, but you shouldn't, shouldn't be a ton of stuff. 
All right. Um, living in, and you no longer live in the 90 square foot apartment, do you? No, I was actually evicted from, from the space because of the video. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um, all the media attention, the landlord saw that I wasn't the woman on the lease. I was subletting from someone. Oh. Um, and I didn't, she didn't know she couldn't sublet when she moved in. She didn't know that. So that's hilarious. Yeah, it actually, yeah, it was a blessing. I mean, I, I lived there. I saved a lot of money. Um, you know, my dad's a bankruptcy attorney, so I learned to save money. And I, was, I wasn't costing that much, and I wasn't really buying a lot of stuff because I had no room to put it. Sure. So um, I ended up buying a place after I moved out. Oh, that's great. So that actually leads me to my next question. I was going to talk about money. You know, the obvious is you save money on rent or a house payment if you're living somewhere that small. What other mm-hmm. things do you save money on by living in a tiny place? Um, well, with a low overhead, um, you know, you can save money on, you know, uh, depends on what, if you have utilities or not, um, you save money on, you know, you don't buy a lot of stuff. You know, my people, you know, shop at Costco and they buy tons and tons of stuff and a lot of it doesn't even go get used. So you're not really buying that much stuff. I would really, I would food shop a lot. I had a mini fridge, so I was buying a lot of, you know, I eat very healthy. So I was buying fruit and vegetables and things. So I wasn't storing a lot of stuff. Um, and I wasn't shopping a lot and, uh, you know, that helped. Yeah. That's so funny. You know, I have a mini fridge just for my beer and uh, (laughs) I don't know if that's good or not, but, uh, to think like all your food for one week has to fit in this little mini fridge. Yeah. Yeah. That's rough. Um, what about, uh, you know, in the video it shows you had a toaster oven and where you, I think you were storing some, uh, fruits and vegetables and you also had a hot pot for boiling eggs. You know, did you ever like have people come over for dinner parties and, and host events? Um, not too many events. I remember I had uh, my whole family. They were in New York, and I said, "Let's have brunch at my place." And it was my parents, my sister, one of my sisters, my brother-in-law who was like six four, uh, my niece who was about four, and my nephew who was an infant at the time, and he was in that little carry-on. We put him in the tub. Um, but you know, I could heat stuff up, uh, in the toaster. I couldn't really cook that much. Um, but you know, I have one friend who lived a couple blocks away. We'd hang out at my place cause it was just cozy. You know, I, I had a couple friends over, we watched a movie once and we were just kind of all cuddled on one side of the wall. But, um, <laughs> you know, it was just really, you know, in New York, there's so many places you meet friends and you go out and, uh, you know, it, it worked. But, yeah. When, when people came over for the first time, you know, say you, you met a new friend, it's in New York. Right. Was it like, what the hell are you doing? Or is this lady a yeah. psycho or? Well, when they finally caught their breath, cause it was a fifth floor walk up. Um, <laughs> I remember one, fr- I never had food delivered ever because I didn't want to make anybody walk. Plus it wasn't that far and I'm always extra exercise, but the, my neighbor would order food every night and I would see these delivery guys like huffing and puffing. But you know, my friends were when, before they saw it and they heard about it, they thought I was nuts. And then when they saw it, you know, at first they were just stunned. But then when you're in the space, you just see, you saw how it was kind of set up. And, you know, I would explain it like when I was getting dressed, the whole place was my dressing room. When I was working, the whole place was kind of like my studio. So it wasn't everything at once. And, um, you know, having the bed up in the loft was great. Um, you know, really felt separate from everything else. Yes. Whatever you needed it to be, it was just kind of that for that moment in time. Um, Yeah. Huh. Now, when you were, you know, when you moved into this place, were you thinking like, hey, I need the smallest space I can find? Or did you kind of stumble into it? Or how did that work out? 
I was living up in the Bronx with my uncle in a large two bedroom. And, um, you know, he just said, you know, it's time for you to move out. We've been living together for years. And so I, I had to find a place. And I really was looking on the Upper East Side because uh, f- uh, studios are more affordable, but I really wanted the Upper West Side. And out of the blue, a friend I hadn't spoken to called and she said, hey, you still living in the Bronx? And I said, yeah, but I really want to move. And she said, well, I have a friend looking to sublet her place, but it's really small. And I said, I'll go look. It was a perfect <laughs> location. And I looked and when I walked in, the place was a disaster. It had big furniture, paper, stuff everywhere. Jeez. She had a cat. It was it was horrendous, but as an organizer, I knew I could make it work. And I really only thought I would live in Manhattan for a year. I really just wanted to get that living in Manhattan bug out of my system. And then I figured I'd move up to the burbs or something. Um, but one year turned into another year, and I just loved how, you know, I quit my job and I was able to, you know, I had clients, but I was able to um, write and go on a bike ride in the middle of the day. And just the lifestyle really just kind of, I took to it. Suddenly, just no pressure. Yeah. I mean, other than the whole hitting your elbows every time you make a turn, it's, <laughs> it sounds like a nice Except for that. Style of, yeah, exactly. Um, what, what's something, you know, like a real challenging aspect of, of going small, of living something or in a place this small, that someone might not really think of, like, obviously, like, okay, it's small, I have to get rid of a bunch of stuff, that's obvious, but what's something that's not so obvious? Um, well, definitely, it's getting rid of stuff, and I think you have to really know your priorities, you have to figure that out. Um, if you say, well, I want to live in New York, and I have this small, tiny, cheap place, and then you're not really ready for it, you, you know, you think you want to live in New York, and, and live like all these other people are living, I think for me, I wanted to try living in New York. I also wanted to finish my first book. And so my priorities were focused on that. And so, you know what, I could live small. I could deal with that because my, I was looking at the bigger picture Mm -hmm. and I think that's, that's important. I mean, getting rid of stuff can be hard. I actually put 77 boxes of stuff into storage. Wow. Um, and I, and I figured I'd get it all, but every year I went back to storage and I would whittle it down. And then by the time I moved out five years later, I gotten rid of it all. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I was very excited um, because storage is like the kiss of death for a lot of people anyways. I think, uh, you know, a lot of I have a lot of clients who've had storage for years and we go and then I clean it out. And we get rid of everything and, and they think, why was I spending all that money? Yeah, it almost seems like storage units are a complete waste of money because other than, you know, say you need to store something for, I don't know, legal reasons like documents or something. Why sure. Why would you keep something for years that you never go back to? Yeah, it's, furniture gets smelly too. and right. <laughs> Can get ruined. <laughs> Things burrow inside of your furniture. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a pleasant thing. Though no. I did, I did know someone who got kicked out of his place, turned a storage unit into a mini apartment for a while. There you go. Yeah, That's genius. That's totally illegal. <laughs> but uh, anyways, um, so not to get too personal, and you don't have to get very detailed on this. But um, you know, what about having a significant other over at your place? Um, you know, the the bed area was, you know about a, two feet tall and, and that kind of thing. Like, how did you manage or did you manage? Was it totally a single person's life? No. Um, I mean, I just laugh at all the comments on YouTube. It, everybody makes a comment. A lot of people <laughs> make a comment about the loft bed. And even uh, last week, George Takai on Facebook posted my video and made a comment about that. Oh, wow. Um, I know I was, it was just really funny. Um, There was, you know, you'd be surprised when you're up there. You know, I talked about this on Good Morning America. 
I remember, um, you know, when, when you're intimate with someone, you are pretty close to them. Um, sure. so it's not like you need tons of space. If you're doing acrobatics, then that might space might not work for you. <laughs> um, but I, I never had a problem up there. I mean, I, I have a boyfriend and he didn't have a problem. It was, uh, you know, it was, there's, there's plenty of space up there and, you know, in some aspects, the tiny space makes it a little cozier. True. There is that. You could be yeah, a little creative too, but I never <laughs> had a problem. <laughs> That's good. Could, could you see yourself like living with uh, your boyfriend in that sort of space? Or maybe you did. I don't know. Um, you know, the woman before me, she lived there and her boyfriend, they had another, his place as well, but they stayed there a lot. Um, I think that space, it not, I mean, as far as like clothes and stuff might've been hard, we could have made it, you could make it work. Um, but I think for two people, 24 seven, it might be, uh, might be tough. You know, somebody works during the day and you had a break that might be okay. Or Right. Yeah. You have opposite schedules. Yeah. But you know, we spent a lot of time in that apartment. Um, and, uh, it was, it was fine. Yeah, that's good. Um, do you think that, I mean, this seems to be a bigger trend and not just with apartments in Manhattan. You see a lot of people with those tiny little trailers that they kind of pull around. They live in, um, is this trend of living small? Do you think this is a bit of like an ebb and flow of society? You know, as an example, when cell phones first came out, our goal was to make them as small as possible. And then they got there and now we're trying to make them as big as possible yet still fit in our hands. Um, it's like a downward size trend for, yeah. for society or, you know, what, what's the, what's the draw? I think the draw is about, um, what you want out of life. I think, you know, in the eighties we all wanted big homes and big cars and, you know, it was about making more money and everything. And I think people are now kind of, you know, younger people as well are focused on just enjoying life. And you, you see these tiny house shows or these um, websites, minimalists and all these different people wanting to live smaller. I think they just um, just don't want to have to work 24 seven to just pay off all this stuff. I think they're more focused on enjoying life. And, um, I mean, at least that's what, that's my take now. Mm -hmm. And that's what I see from people, you know, and we, why, why inundate yourself with all this overhead, um, and pressure to pay for all this stuff and, uh, you know, enjoy life more. Do you think this is something that, um, maybe college students could kind of get on board with instead of having, you know, six people in a dorm room? Yeah, well, I remember my dorm room was small, and I shared it with uh, another girl, and um, we would organize our stuff, reorganize it all the time. I think that's what kind of got me into the small space. But, <laughs> you know, I think college dorms are are great ways to show what it's like to live in, in a city in a small space because you're already in a small, small quarters with someone else. And, you know, the campus is really the rest of your home, so to speak, and your, your world. Like, And that's how kind of I compare it in the city. You know, that small space was just where I, I slept and kept my stuff and, and I worked there sometimes. But really, you know, you, you would just go outside and, and that's where, you know, you would live your life. Yeah. Do you find that now that you, you own a place I'm sure is much bigger, um, do you stay indoors more than you used to? Um, you know, I mean, I'm an outdoors person as well. I grew up on Cape Cod. I, I have to be outside. Um, but when I'm when I'm here, my place is under 500 square feet um, and it. I keep it clutter free. You know, I work from home a lot and, you know, I have another room to go into and it's nice. And I, I like that I can have my family come and stay with me. Um, so I, I like having it for that aspect. So people, when the friends and family come into the city, 
But, you know, I love being in my apartment now, um, but I still go out. Probably it's maybe maybe I'm here a little more than I was at the other place. Sure, sure. Once again, the book is 90 Lessons for Living Large in 90 Square Feet. Um, or more. Or more, yes. Or more. That's important. <laughs> don't forget the or more. Could you uh, give us maybe one of your lessons for living in 90 square feet or more? Sure. Um, so the lessons are both on how to kind of organize your stuff, declutter your stuff, and also how to live the life you want. And it's not just in terms of um, organizing and and how you set up your space, but how you want to live your day. They're also, they're kind of motivational um, little snippets on life. So one is, um, you know, I say, how many is too many? Too many is too many. <laughs> um, and then I have uh, one, you know, retail therapy, cure or culprit. Um, and then I, I tell a little story about my niece. When I took her to FAO Schwartz, she picked up a doll and said, I'm just going to carry the doll around the store. I don't need to take it home. I already have dolls at home. How many of us could go into a store and just pick up a pair of shoes and say, <laughs> I'm just going to carry these shoes around the store. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of working with a client now who's just inundated with boxes and boxes of paper and we're trying to, I'm recreating a filing system for her. And, uh, you know, she loves to say miscellaneous and I say miscellaneous is a bad 13 letter word. <laughs> if you don't know what to call it, why do you own it? Or, you know, why are you saving it? Like you have to be specific. Um, you know, talk about store, you have to store like things together. Um, uh, just, uh, and I tell people always don't put your clothes away if you're not going to do it right. Because, you know, I've gone over to people and like my mom, my sisters are clients and I reorganize their closet. Mm -hmm. And then I come back a couple months later and it's a wreck or not even that long late, that much longer later. But I say, if you're, if you're too tired or if you don't have the energy to do it right, wait, because you know, your closet's the easiest thing to keep neat because you take something off a hanger. There's only one hanger. Sure. You know, I, I don't like empty hangers in the closet because they add clutter. So you know, really just take the time and have the energy to do it right. Plus I, I think if you leave things out, you kind of, I don't know when I have a lot of, you know, say clothes being left, out, I get a little stressed out about it. I need to get those mm -hmm. put away. So if, you, if you're too tired, leave it out. And then the next day you're going to really hate yourself for not putting it away before <laughs> and you'll get it done. Right. Right. At least when if you're I slightly neurotic. From, uh, well, yeah, but it depends. Some people are okay. I have clients who are okay with the clutter everywhere. And, and, you know, for me, I can't really sit down to write or do something important. If there are dishes that need to be washed, I like to give myself, you know, like 20 minutes in the morning to you put away laundry, you put away clothes, you put away little things. And then you've kind of, you've built up these little, um, rewards, these little, um, things that you've accomplished mm -hmm. and then you can sit down for the bigger things. Yeah. Would you say that part of your job is making your clients not so much organized, but not okay with the clutter? It depends. A lot of them are not okay with the clutter, but they're just overwhelmed by it. Um, you know, things build, you know, life gets fast. Some people have children, they have maybe parents living with them or jobs or, you know, life gets busy. You know, not everybody has the, the leisure to, um, you know, spend all day putting their stuff away. So I get it. I understand. And sure. that's why I, I try to say, look, the less stuff you have, the less stuff you're going to have to put away and less stuff to clean. So, you know, when it gets overwhelming, I come in and, and I help them really kind of get down to the, what they really need or really want. And then once you kind of get everything ready, then, 
you know, they see it and then they really try and work hard to kind of keep it at that level. All right. And last question relating to 90 lessons for living large in 90 square feet or more. What is the scariest thing that you've ever walked into as far as helping a client with some clutter? This is easy. Um, (laughs) This client on the east side, uh, her sister hired us to help her. She worked for some place and she was against experimentation on lab rats. So she would steal them from work and she took them home. And I walked into her apartment, which you could not open the front door all the way. It was a one bedroom. You 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 had to like slide in because there were piles of everything all over the floor, bags and bags of newspapers and paper and everything. And then in the center of the living room were about four or five glass fish tanks filled with over a hundred white lab rats. No. Oh my god! And the place smelled like made Grand Central smell like a. a perfume factory. <laughs> it was it was horrible. And so she said, "Well, while you get rid of stuff, I'm going to clean the cages." And I said, no, you're not, because I could just imagine a rat getting loose. Oh, God. So I worked with her for four hours, and I, my goal was just to make a path to the door in case I had to escape quickly. <laughs> that <It> is, was, <laughs> that's creepy as hell. Yeah, and I, you know, I know she's not the only one who lives like that. Sure, I, I imagine, I, yeah. Cat people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the rats, I still see them sometimes in my mind. <laughs> PTSD from the rats. Oh my God. That's horrible. Um, once again, the book, 90 Lessons for Living Large in 90 Square Feet or More. You can get on Amazon, depending on when you listen to this, either very soon or already. So head on over to Amazon. All the links will be up at IWantToKnowShow.com. You can find her video. You can find links to the book. You can also find links to her uh, at FeliceCohen.com. And she's already agreed to come back in a couple of episodes and talk about her other book that she wrote first which is called What Papa Told Me, a book about her grandfather who survived the Holocaust. So I look forward to talking about that as well. But for today, Felice, thank you so much for uh, spending some time. Thanks, Greg. I enjoyed it. Like I said at the end of the interview, I plan on having Felice back to talk about her other book, What Papa Told Me. Very interested about this one. I wouldn't say I'm a history buff, but I just love history, if that makes any sense. So I look forward to our next chat. In the meantime, don't forget, I want to know show.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash I want to know show on Twitter at I want to know show. Send an email the old school way. It's weird that email is now becoming old school. I want to know pod at gmail.com. I think that's all I got for you. So on that note, good night, everybody. <laughs>